Welcome to the HU Powership Podcast. Welcome to the HU Powership Podcast. You can find us at www.hupowership.com where we talk about the Pirates. It's year five and episode number 53. I'm your host, Big Greek, along with Hampton Knight from the HU Powership. What's going on, man? It's homecoming week. <laughs> yeah. You know what, man? It's a great week. Hopefully, the Harvey weather machine will work this weekend, you know, because they are forecasting a lot of. Um, uh, a lot of rain, but I think we'll be fine. I'll be there. <laughs> yep, lucky man. I've got uh, some kid duties and some coaching stuff I got to do, so I'll be there in spirit, man. So yeah, hold it down for me. <laughs> <laughs> Always, man. But but so yeah, man. On this episode, a couple things to talk about. We'll um, look at the pirate football team at a little past the halfway mark. Uh, they play seven out of their twelve games, so a good time to look at the season uh, so far. Then we'll take a quick look at the Big South scoreboard, football that is, and then we'll take a look at the MEAC scoreboard, some interesting stuff going on there, and then we'll preview the game against Virginia University of Lynchburg. That's our homecoming homecoming opponent, so let's jump right into it. So, Pirates, after seven games, they are, what are they, three Three and four. four. Three and four. Three and four on a two-game losing streak. They recently lost to Campbell. It was closer than the score was. That was um, they were one score away late, um, and then Gardner Webb that fell apart too uh, at the end. They could have won that game as well. Um, so yeah, two game losing streak. Um, been some highs and some lows uh, for the year. I think so far. I think there are a lot of things to be encouraged by. So as we normally do, we'll look, take a look at the good and the bad, and uh, just look at some second half expectations. So. I think the high point uh, schedule-wise so far this year has been beating Howard. I mean, I think um, I keep running into people telling me about that whole Chi-Town experience, including the game, and everyone said it was like a top-notch event, man. So beating Howard and the way that game happened, um, I think that's been the best win of the year so far for the Pirates, man. Did you hear anything about that game? Oh, absolutely. I had a lot of friends who were there. I had family members who were there. And everybody um, said immediately that it should stay here for a few years. And I think that and I think the Midwest has really been clamoring for some good HBCU football. You know, I think last year I don't remember who was there last year, but we played um, at that Chicago stadium before we did play Alabama A&M there and we won. So, yeah. I think that Chicago is a great venue for HBCU football. Right, no doubt. So yeah, that was a good, good, a good time had by all. I wish I was there. Um, so yeah, let's jump into some of the good uh, so far. So Jada Kiss Bonds, um, he's been a, a pleasant surprise. He showed flashes this year and this, this last year. This year, starting to come together. So he's second in receptions and catches per game uh, in a conference. And he's first in receiving touchdowns with nine. Um, next, uh, jump into uh, DeAndre Francois. Um, so, of course, everyone knows he's a transfer from Florida State. He leads the league with 18 total touchdowns. And I think folks need to really appreciate what we're watching here. I mean, he has some moments. Uh, probably I call it about two lapses per game. But other than that, I mean, he is solid. I mean, solid quarterback. Best, as good as a quarterback you're going to get at this level. And uh, he's really looked uh, pretty good uh, for the Pirates this year. Um, you don't get a quarterback of, with this talent coming to um, FCS often, especially in HBCU. So we should really appreciate what we're watching with him. Um, we just need to see him put that perfect game together, which is coming. But he's been fantastic. Um, what do you think about those two so far, man? Well, first of all, Jada Kiss Bonds, man. This guy is a legit, um, legit player. You know, he is legit. 
And I mean, I, however, he came to us, and I think I heard Coach Prunty said that they recruited him over at uh, Eastern Car- East Carolina and West and Virginia that, too, and West Virginia, yes. And for somehow he fell to us, and I just remembered last year. I think we saw him, and we, you know, we really didn't know what to make of him because you know he was there, but. I just think that, you know, last year we just didn't know what we had. Now, this year, oh, good God almighty, you know, I think that he he possesses the quickness to, you know, he has a good first step. He catches, he does like what you say, he catches with his hands, and he uh, is a deep threat. He's a pretty good route runner, so I'd say he's a, all, a good all-around receiver, which we have not... We've had good all-around receivers. You know, if you think about it, we've had Marquay McDaniel. I would say he's probably one of the best all-around receivers that we did have. You know, then there was a Jerome Mathis, Zuriel Smith. You know, he was another of that type, you know, all-around. He was a burner. You know, he could run. Uh, he could uh, run per, uh, re- really precise routes. So, you know, we've had good receivers at Hampton. But Jadakus Bonds, man, whoo, man, he takes it to the next level. As far as DeAndre Francois, you know, um, those 18 touchdowns, you know, these are, you know, and those are some of the passes that he's done we have not seen, like, in a, in a while. Matter of fact, never. <laughs> you know, and at that caliber of what he is doing is pretty, is pretty, is pretty amazing. You know, just like I think when we watched him play against Elizabeth City State and uh, against Howard, you know, we saw, you know, his full range. You know, we saw the deep ball. We saw the, you know, the, I would say the out routes. You know, we saw the touch. You know, we saw his feet, you know, his footwork, you know, him him um, balancing balancing himself in the pocket so you know we see good things and I think that the quarterbacks coach and the offensive coordinator have done a great job with you know uh, blending his skills with the offense so I'm very impressed with what we see with him yep no doubt and one thing that I think that may he may need to do a little bit more in the second half is run a little bit more yes I think I think everyone's he's protecting himself and they're protecting him but that will be the next dimension in in the game is for him to take off because I mean he could arguably be you know top two running back on the team if if he chose to be that so oh, absolutely yeah. absolutely yep so yeah man he's 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 playing extremely well uh, for the Pirates and then Shy McKenzie I mean he's second in total rushing uh, in the in the conference so far I mean he's been impressive like this is probably what he wanted to be like even back at Virginia Tech I mean he's looking really good. Uh, in the backfield and um, defensively Keenan Marr he's been uh, the standout uh, for the Pirates along the defensive line he's tied for first in the conference with five sacks and um, stout against the run uh, good at rushing a pass so he, he's been fantastic man uh, any about anything about those individual performers or any others that I've overlooked or forgotten to, to bring up well, I'm not going to say you overlooked. Um, definitely Shy McKenzie. We've known what he's been doing, um, what he's done for, for this program. Um, I think he's lost a little weight, and, you know, he's playing like a sledgehammer. Keenan Marr, to me, I think has always shown, flashed the, shown the potential, and, you know, we've seen it now with this five sacks. But another guy we have not talked about um, as much is um, – Mason Foster and DeAndre Falk. Yeah, and I'm gonna add a third man. and I'm third add a third one in there. Christian Angulo, man. Those three right there, man, those guys are really good players. You know, DeAndre Falk kind of reminds me of I'm not gonna say a poor man's Justin Durant, but I mean the way he is playing, he's a sideline to sideline guy and he's lengthy too. He's not some he's not like uh uh I would say one of these old you know, old prototype linebackers that were like that are like five eleven, two forty. You know, he, he's a tall guy. You know, he's lengthy. You know, he you can put him out there in pass coverage. You know, and he can run sideline to sideline. Good guy. Angulo to me is a shutdown guy at the FCS level. You know, we've watched him play. You know, he definitely shut down Howard. He shut down uh, Elizabeth City, um, and. Um, we've known he's been hampered, you know, with a little couple of injuries, but you know, he's been a bright spot for us along with Mason Foster. True. Is it Mason Foster or King? I'm sorry. Uh, I think it's King. Yeah. Yeah. Mason King. Yeah. Mason yeah. King. Yeah. 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 And he's big too. He's a thumper, man. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely a thumper, you know. He kind of reminds me of um, old school um, type of uh, linebacker, you know. You see him like the way, the way, the way him and actually Anthony Jones too. We, I know we don't really bring, we don't really bring him up because he's 5'11", 230 pounds. You know, that's a, he's a plugger. You know, he's a run stopping type of guy. So you know, they do have some players. Um, they do have some really uh, nice players that I would say that are here for the future. You know, and because Falk is what two six two two thirteen, Jones five eleven two thirty, Mason King six two two twenty seven. Those are big guys. Yeah, yeah, that's a good foundation right there. Absolutely, very good. So, yeah, man, great individual performances, and then we got to look at the offensive line. So, our first podcast, we said the offense and really the team will go as the offensive line goes. So, they took a while to gel, but they're starting to play extremely well like you can't have all these great individual offensive performances from basically every position group without having a strong offensive line so they're playing very well i mean they can be more consistent but they've got they figured out the run thing um for the most part and the pass game they get um give deandre enough time to, to do his thing so um they're playing extremely well too on the offensive line so anybody stand out there um, you know, Malik Mackey, you know, good guy. I really, really like him. Um, to me, I think he's been, you know, he's nobody really brings it up with him, but he, he's, he's an exceptional player. And I also like our center, you know, Gee, you know, <laughs> he's, he's quite 700 pounds, man. He, he's a pancake, man. You know, <laughs> he's a pancake machine. So I, I like those two guys. And of course, you know, we got, um, was it number seventy seven? Is that Keldrick Wilson? Yeah, he looks good uh, out there, man. He yeah, he does. He, he's he's really he's really come into his own. You know, six five guy. You know, you can tell he's a really athletic. You know, he's um he's not um he's not a heavy tackle. You know, he's a guy that can get out in space. So I think you know the um, the OC you know has really done a good job in just making those guys. You know. Um, nimble enough where they can actually run because, you know, we're running the ball. You know, I would say DeAndre Francois, you know, he does have some issues, you know, I think earlier in the season where he was getting sacked. But now if you look at it, you know, he does have time. Um, and so that's where those all those passing yards and those touchdowns are coming from. So I think the line has been a pleasant surprise for us. Yep, true indeed. They're playing very well. So, yeah, along those lines, like, so the offense is putting up some pretty good numbers. So, um, second in scoring in conference at 33 points a game. Second in touchdowns. First in total offense at 454 yards per game. First in touchdown passes. Um, so, yeah, they're doing very well on the offensive side of the ball. The defense um, on, is also has played well in some in some areas, too. They are third in total defense. Who would have who, who thunk it, right? But it's really the big plays. Like, they don't give yeah. a lot of sustained drives. It's just big yeah. plays, man. Yeah. But total defense, they're playing pretty well. And third in rushing defense. So, it has been really hard to consistently run against them. But, you know, maybe you could argue that teams are just choosing to pass. But I think when, um, when teams have tried to run, they've been pretty stout uh, against the run. So, the defense has been sneaky good in some ways. Oh, I agree. I agree. You know, uh, de- definitely the guys up front. You know, <laughs> you got Shook Frazier, of course, Sturdivant, and, you know, <laughs> and Marr, you know, and then we got uh, my guy 35 over there. And, I mean, these guys, to me, uh, to me, that, I mean, you got, you have an experienced D line, you know, they help an inexperienced linebacker core. And, you know, we have uh, Andy Matthews who comes off the line. And then, of course, we have um, uh, what's my guy's name? Uh, number, um, yeah, Devin Thurman. I'm sorry, just threw um, threw drew a blank there. You know, Devin Thurman. You got Devin Thurman, Shook Frazier, Sturdivant, Andy Matthews, Keenan Marr. That right there, that rotation right there. That's a really good rotation. And then that's still enough, you know, where it gives our um, our linebackers, you know, time to uh, to for them to do what they do. And so I just think that um, they have actually played very well for us. As far as the um, what else were we talking about? Um, oh, the rushing defense. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that speaks for itself. So yeah. <laughs> 
Yep, yep, true. And there was one stat here that surprised me. So our kicking game has been pretty good, <laughs> surprisingly. <Yeah. laughs> like it, it seemed like it's been more mistakes, but uh, I guess those are really snap issues. But when he actually puts yeah. the foot to the ball, it goes in. <laughs> yeah, oh no, I, I definitely agree. Evan Lomax, I think he's a, a pretty decent kicker. I think he's actually doing better this year than last year. I think if you've noticed, some of the problems have been, I guess, the long snapper, you know, and I think last year we had Chancellor Herbert. I think he was one of the long snappers. And I'm not sure who, who the long snapper is this year. But to me, I think sometimes it has been a little costly at certain points of the game. So I think that um, once we clear that up, we'll be good. But at the, but for the most part, you know, second and field goals with six for seven, you know, that's a pretty good percentage. Yeah, that's true. And I'm looking at a long snapper. He is uh, five foot eleven, 195 pounds. That's kind of <laughs> tough, man. You, get, you yeah. got some big boys in there. He's giving up 100 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, that explains some things. Um, but yeah, I mean, when when he gets it back there and the Lomax can put foot to it, it, it goes in. He's first in percentage, field goal percentage in the, in the whole league. So he's playing well as well. So um, shout out to Neil Lomax. So there are some things to be happy about, man. Some some things that are doing uh, that have gone well uh, for the Pirates in these first seven games. So um, as always, we'll go to the bad. I mean, I'd say the low point was losing to Virginia State. Is there anything worse than that? You know what? That to me was, I mean, but we, you know, we talked about this June 21st and we have (laughs) documented proof. We talked about this June 21st. We said, watch out for Virginia, uh, Virginia. uh, No, that was Virginia Union. Virginia Union. Yep. Sorry. Virginia Union. Oh, it's all right. Virginia, because we knew we knew Joe Taylor was the AD. Joe Taylor always wanted to, you know, put his neck back on Hampton, even though he's. I think Hampton has done him dirty, to be honest. You know, you know, he should have a statue on his campus, to be real. But um, but you know, he got he got what he wanted. You know, he got his revenge. But my whole thing was that whole game. I saw it from the coin flip. And we knew, I, I knew, okay, this they bring in a different energy. They, they're not going to let up. You know, this is their game. And I just think that we kind of took it, we took it uh, lightly. And then we just figured we could just play our ways back into this game. But they play with heart. We just play with talent. And right now, heart beat talent, and even though we had more talent. But, you know, that game, I think, was was really, really, you know, I think a lot of people were very disappointed because we just blew out Elizabeth City State Mm -hmm. the game before. And you know what? I just wish that maybe, let's say, like, we instead of blowing out Elizabeth City State, let's say we won 24-12, then it would make, it it would, to me, make the Virginia Union game feel like, you know, okay, well, we're still trying to learn stuff out. But after that blowout for Elizabeth City, all of us had the idea that, okay, well, we won't beat Virginia Union that much. We'll at least win at least by, you know, maybe a 30 to 17 type of game. But, oh, Lord have mercy. That was a very bad loss. And to be honest, um, I think a lot of the – we saw it on HBCU game day. (laughs) And (laughs) I think that was probably one of their – you know, they had a top – top uh count you know like uh uh views on that you know the views on that were so high because you know the virginia union players they were, t- they were saying you know hampton ain't no d1 school are you serious d1 and you know that i mean they had you know they they could say what they wanted to say because they won the game and you know they were talking all that jazz and you know what they backed it up and after the game they, you know they talked more stuff on our uh, on our own home field and nobody could say nothing about it. So, hey, that was, to me, a low point. And it's not because you lose to a Division two school. You lost to a school like Virginia Union, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you've been to that campus, man, ooh. I mean, that, like, <laughs> I'm, I don't know if anybody's seen Morris Brown College lately, but it looks like Morris Brown College. <laughs> Let me it's stop. A, it's, a, it's in Petersburg, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you, have you ever driven through Petersburg? 
Yeah, I've yeah. driven through. The only thing that I've done there is gotten gas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, drove, and drove through that little campus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, drive through with the quickness. You know, one thing, though, uh, I think we have to actually go to Virginia Union next year. So, Which that... I find absurd. Okay, hold on. I'm sorry. I Look. Why are we going there? First of all, isn't it a rule that uh, a higher rank, not ranked, but higher uh, division does not go to a lower division? Uh, even though we did, I mean, I can understand it last year because we were still we were still trying to figure things out. But I mean, wh- it's just I do not get that. That's like, oh god, I, why would we go there for what? I'm, I'm I mean, guess- we are I'm guessing um, with the way we exited the MIAC. It's hard to schedule folks. So I just, well, if, uh, this yeah, is I'm my they were in a bind. I'm sorry. We don't have that enough cachet to say, okay, no, we don't go to you. We don't, we don't go to you guys. I'm sorry. I mean, hello, Hampton's brand alone should say, you know, mm, we don't go to you guys. I mean, I mean, how much do you need? You know, I mean, we don't <laughs> need the money. I mean, we don't really need the money. I mean, we just say literally like, how much do you guys need? You know, do you guys need a new athletic facility? What do you want? What do you want? Okay, yeah, just come back to us. Yeah. But, I mean, for us going there, I'm sorry. If you've seen their stadium, oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, fact the fact of the matter, we're going there, I, I find that laughable. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm just going to hope. Why. I'm, I'm going to hope it's, it's just that's who you had. That's all they had to get. That's the only option or one of the. Best of a bunch of bad options, but it's a good time to get some payback. So, circle that joint. You know what, man? You know what, man? I don't even think going to their home home really is payback, man. I mean, oh man, to me, payback is just like you know. I wouldn't even want to pay them back to be honest. (laughs) We just we learned our lesson, you know. It's like like. Don't we learned our lesson from those guys? We lost, you know. We don't want them back no more. I mean, I would, yeah, I would love for them to come back and we beat them at our own home, but it's just like, why in the world will we go there? I'm sorry, I hate to sound elitist, but at the same time, no, you don't see Michigan going to play Appalachian State at Appalachian State. I'm sorry, I'm not saying we're Michigan, I'm not saying that. I would even, even if we're in FCS, I would equate Hampton to. Um, I don't know. Uh, like you know, a mid uh, a Purdue or something. Purdue ain't going to West Carolina. I'm sorry. Right. So <laughs> stop. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, man. That's we we're still salty about that. Yeah, that was the the low point of the season so far. Uh, losing to Virginia Union. So um, you know what? I'm, I'm not salty about it. I I just look at it as we lost because we were. I don't think we were prepared. You know. That they ran everything to perfection. That fake punt, you know, that touchdown um, in the end zone where I think they threw, uh, <laughs> threw like like a, a, a eighty-five or ninety-five yard pass right after Sean McKenzie's uh, safety, you know, something like that. So no, they were prepared and we we got our butts whipped. And last last note on that, you, you could argue that they had the best player on the field too with that run. Oh back. yeah, oh that dude, he's a beast. Yeah, he yeah, should he's- get. Yeah, he's a he's pro. Gonna a, he's going to get a shot at the next level. Yeah, yeah, he's a pro. So everything swung around him. Everything they did, play actions, everything swung, you know, revolved around him. So they executed perfectly. So, um, yeah, that was an interesting game. Um, next, anybody who's watching the Pirates this year knows that they can't cover. Uh, <laughs> so the past defense has been pretty poor, man. Um, second to last in the conference uh, at the, uh, defending the pass. Um, so there have been injuries. There's youth, all kinds of things, um, uh, rationales for the performance back there. But it's 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 glaring. It's a glaring uh, issue there. One thing I don't understand, Hampton. I help me understand this. Why does it appear like we play a lot of cover one and cover zero? Help me understand well, that. Well, I'm just going to say it like this. Um, I think we have a lot of issues with our uh, secondary on on the backside, you know, our safeties. You know, I don't like to call them out, but, you know, that is where 
that is where we have a lot of issues at. And if you notice, I think that with the corners that we do have, you know, with number four and number five, Brown and Valdez, you know, those those two guys and, of course, Angulo, those three right there, I would say with the exception of Angulo, are gamblers, you know, and they're athletic guys. So I, you know what, you know, when they play in the, um, when they're playing cover zero, you know, that's definitely man. And so I just feel that, you know, that's probably where they're best suited at, you know, and my always, one thing that I've noticed that they do do that, that they, that happens if the ball is thrown deep, the receiver either is going to catch it or he's going to get a penalty and the penalty will be on the defensive back, uh, for not, I would say, you know, something would happen. And, I just think that whatever is going on with that group, you know, something I would say needs to be done. Um, I don't know what to say. I did hear Coach Prunty say that that after, you know, they really built up the defensive line and they ran out of scholarships. You know, I can understand it. Got you. But I also think that, you know, we brought in uh, these two guys, you know, Brown and Valdez and Angulo, you know, and I would say Angulo is definitely worked out. Valdez, to me, I would say he's still still getting healthy. He's still getting healthy, yeah, and he's still learning the game, you know. And I think sometimes I've seen him where, you know, he'll he'll make a a brilliant play. Like, go ahead, you know, and he's doing good. And then he'll turn around and (laughs) he, like a defender would, you know, run. uh, I saw, I think, one defender, he ran like like an out. Oh, no, no, he ran like uh, a... Almost like he went on um, like a go route, cut cut it to the outside and cut in, and it turned completely turned Valdez around. You know, he just hasn't had that. You know, I would say that, you know, that game experience. You know, because he's been out for so long. So, you know, I just think that once he's able to, you know, to, you know, feel his feet under him, I think he'll be fine. Um, as for like, you know, these deep passes. I mean, to be honest, I don't even know where our safeties are at. Yeah, yo, there's yo, there is no safety in the picture. Yeah, and Not- every time you, every time the ball is caught, you know, I see number twelve, and I'm like, he ain't catching them. He gone. You know, every receiver <laughs> gone. He, he ain't catching them. You know, I hate to talk like that, but he ain't catching them. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that maybe the coaches. Um, idea was okay well our d-line gonna be so good they're gonna put put pressure on you know the quarterback all day but they are putting pressure on the qbs but if the qb just tosses it up it's still it's not even a 50 50 ball it's more like a 70 20 ball you know in their favor so i just think that what and i don't and to be honest i don't even think zone is gonna help i think zone will even be worse because i think our safeties are kind of flat-footed so <laughs> I wouldn't run no zone. I think stick stick with cover zero. You know that's what you're gonna have to do because, you know, we have some really athletic corners, and I think that one on one, I think they're okay. I just think that the issue is, you know, the their experience. What about like a two D look then? I mean, is that just a philosophy? Like just not even yeah. a zone, but give yeah. some kind of help. I think it. Well, I think a two deep might work, you know. I but then you have to rely more on what these linebackers are going to do. And I like. I mean, I I really like Falk and uh, King out there, but you know they're still you know they're still green. So to me, that is where I would get nervous at. And I think the two deep works though. But the minute you got a guy who's going over that, uh, who's gonna. Uh, take over that that portion in between those safeties you know if you put a speed guy out there speed guy all day you know then we're, we're done you remember just like what we saw Gardner Webb you know they had they put that speed guy out there in space and he burnt he torched us right. so you know I just think that right now I think matchup wise we're, we're, we're that's where we're in trouble right and, and good point there and I also wish that be interesting to talk to one of the coaches from a schematic standpoint because they're not dumb. I mean, they're watching no. the same. They know. They know oh, what they man. got. So this is the best thing they think they can run. I would just. I would like to know the 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 real reasons why this is the choice. But I'm sure. I, I know there is a reason. <laughs> you know what though? I just think that you know. I think Prunty said it correct. We ain't got the scholarships. We put all that money in the D line and. You know, all we had left was those two guys. You know, those we had to stick with what we got. 
So, I mean, I know he he has recruited a few kids, you know, who are young. But, I mean, and, you know, I think he said last year they were starting, um, they were playing guys a couple of weeks ago who were who, who were like like walk-ons almost. So, ah, man. Ah. Yeah. So, and what, what happened to Terry Chisley? Is he still on the roster? What, what was he? What did he play? He was a corner two twenty-seven. Let's see. Let me look. Maybe he's hurt. Yeah, hold on, let me see. Yeah, he's still he's still on the roster. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, look, I mean, I, I'm not a coach, so I can't even tell you. So. <laughs> yeah, it looks like, so, well, Do- Donald Smith is really getting a lot of the snaps, too. Uh, well, Number okay. 29. You know what? God bless him. I mean, that's what my grandma would say. Ooh, bless him, child, because, I mean, ooh, they catch him. Like, he, like my thing is, every time I see him standing flat-footed, we are in trouble. You know, I mean, if he if, if the guy's in front of him, we're good. But ooh, like that pass on um, against North Alabama when they when they score on him. So that's why I am not a coach. <laughs> yeah, true that man. True. Uh, so yeah, pass defense it is uh, somewhere to something they can improve on. So kick coverage, uh, they can't kick it deep. So I think it's twofold, right? They can't kick it to the end zone. And then when they do kick it sort of deep, they can't cover. So uh, they've resorted to this uh, uh, where they kick it to like the 30. And hopefully that up man has a fair catch it and they start there. But, uh, yeah, they just give up a lot of field position. Uh, they can't kick. Uh, kickoff coverage is, is pretty poor. Um Let's see. Second most pass interceptions. Like I said earlier, at times, Francois is uh, kind of uh, throws some up, gives uh, his receivers a chance, and uh, at times they're not winning those battles. So um, having some issues there. The next, maybe one of the more glaring issues, especially of recent weeks, Hampton Night, has been game management. Like so many stalled drives in the, not even in the red zone. I'm talking about like within the 10 yard line. Or at the end of halves, end of games, just time, blown timeouts, uh, uh, running, uh, ending up with no points. So game management. What? What have you? What, what's your thought on those game management issues, man? Well, it seems that sometimes that we are basically. Uh, it seems that the calls are coming in a little bit too late on offense, where you know we have to blow timeouts, and I think that. You know, that, that's definitely an issue. Also, you know, I think the situation where I think on, when we play Gardner-Webb right before the half, you know, um, I think it was at some point I think we lost about a good 17 seconds. And, you know, we're trying to figure like, what, what, what's going on? What are you doing? You know, what do, I mean, what's the plan? You know, my thing is let's get down there and at least either get a field goal. I understood going, you know, I uh, understood trying to, get a score there and um i even understood you know francois trying to run it in from the three and it, it you know they were waiting on that but i think that it could have been avoided had we had we saved at least out of those 17 seconds at least a good five seconds in there you know because that would at least gave us an opportunity to um to extend the game, you know, at the half from Gardner Webb, you know, and that, to me that would have been a whole different outlook, you know, how we approach the game from the second half. So, you know, game management and clock management to me, you know, it's more than just that, you know, it's, you know, it changes an outlook and how you approach the game in the second half. So I just think that sometimes it could be that we're too complicated on signals and getting the right, you know, looks or anything like that, that, you know, that play clock will go from 25 to three in a second. So, I mean, I'm not a play caller. I don't know how it works, but um, I just know that certain times it's, you know, a little difficult. And at the same time, I think the situation and down and distance, I think sometimes we're a little bit slow in, um, you know, figuring it out. Yep. Very true, man. So uh, I'm, I'm, this is still a new staff, new everybody. So uh, yeah. hopefully, I mean, they know the game. So it's just trying to get all that stuff down. Um, but hopefully, we won't see much more of that in the second half. Another thing that's surprising, man, that there are the Pirates are the fifth worst, um, fifth fifth worst team uh, in penalties. So 
Whoop, out of 120 teams, the Pirates are 124th as far as penalties are concerned. Um, that was shocking. Um, and, they, and they've been bad for years as far as penalties concerned. I, I don't know what that's about, but uh, they continue to be bad again into this regime. And um, probably the worst thing, Hamptonite, and we, we've shared a lot of discussions around this, a lot of folks have, is uh, the Big South in general. Um just my thoughts and your thoughts on this. Um, it's not a fit at this point in time. Um, it may evolve into something, um, but it ain't working. Um, going to their places is, 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 are not events. Um, no one's openly hostile. No issues around there. It's just, it's just it's, there's no camaraderie. There's no history. Um, there's not, they don't have bands. Um, uh, it's just uh, it's just not a fit. And on top of that, the refs are terrible on the road. Um, that's been one of the more glaring things. Um, I remember at the at the Campbell game, there was an older black lady, and she was <laughs> she was like, "This game is rigged. The game's rigged." I mean, it's just um, something with the refereeing across sports while we're on the road in the Big South has been a challenge, um, along with the uh, sterile environments um, has been a challenge. And our fans don't come out to our home games to watch us play these Big South teams. And their fans don't travel to watch them play. So the home uh, experience is a challenge as well. So uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if it can improve. I- I'm not a fan of, of what we've seen so far in the conference. But I think the Big South in general has been, uh, for me, a-, a low point of the season so far, man. Well, I would definitely agree with you. I mean, I will say that, you know, the referees have not definitely have not, you know, have not been on our side or, you know, have not even been fair to a certain point, you know, because I do remember the Gardner-Webb game in basketball last year where it just seemed that every call went their way, you know, to give them the momentum, you know. And, of course, we've, we've seen the Campbell player, I think the quarterback, when he scored, you know, he, you know, did a gesture right in front of Hampton's bench, right in front of the referee. And you Well, know, let me let me no. jump into it. That's an excellent yeah. point, man, because I was there. I watched that. I watched that whole sequence. So earlier in the game, Prunty got uh, unsportsmanlike for having some kind of interaction with the, the side judge, who was terrible the whole game. I mean, this guy was missing a brother, too. I mean, he was missing all mm. kinds of stuff. It was, mm. But he got an unsportsmanlike. So later in the game, the Campbell quarterback, like you said, scored on a great play, great play, scored, ran over to the sideline and was taunting the coach and the players. And then the, the Big South refs just patted him on the back and say, hey, man, go back to your side. Like, it's just been those kind of things, like hits out of bounds they're not calling, swallowing their whistles on certain things, especially on a road. Like, it is a thing. It's, it's a glaring thing but anyway sorry man no 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 and you and that is exactly what you were saying you know swallowing the whistle you know it's just like maybe they don't want any smoke from these home home teams who who probably go after them which i find you know it's ridiculous you know you're you're ref do your job you know so that's one thing that's one thing i cannot stand um as far as the big stuff not being a fit you know i think that Let's say take Hampton out of it. You know, look at the programs that are there. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like a. It, I think for the past couple of years, it's been a way station for programs. You know, if you just want to jump in a conference and you want to go somewhere else, you got to go through the Big South to get to somewhere great. You know, <laughs> you know. I mean, Coastal Carolina. You know, they did the Big South dance and they gone. Liberty came in and they did their little thing and they're gone too. So. Um, I think that a lot of these programs, they come in and, you know, they kind of, you know, see what, wh- where this conference is going and then they kind of figure it out for themselves. So um, I think that it does not have the particular history, you know, as what we've been accustomed to in the MEAC and the CIAA. And I think that what kind of goes to, you know, what we say when there's no camaraderie, no history, you know. And I do think, I'm not going to say the places are, well, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't been to an away game. You know, you have. So 
but I see see them from the TV, uh, from I mean, from ESPN Plus package. And to be honest, it just seems like a you know just a regular environment, you know. And to me, it doesn't it doesn't excite me to go. <laughs> and to be honest, and even coming to Hampton, I mean, w- would I be interested in seeing Gardner Webb come to Hampton? I mean, probably not. But I have to be honest too. Uh, Morgan State coming in Hampton, you know, isn't really, you know, high on my list either. So um, I think that at this point, I don't know what to say about the Big South. You know, um, I think, you know, our football team, we're kind of like right now muddling along trying to figure out what we're going to do. Uh, I think last year's our men's basketball team, which is probably the best one we've had in a while. I would say that was a very good team. You know, Um, the team before that, when we joined the Big South, you know, won the MEAC. And I think this team, had they been in this past year's team, both men and women, women, had they been in the MEAC, we would have ran the table. Mm -hmm. But um, so that's just increasing competition. But it's also the fact that, you know, we didn't get any favors from the refs last year. So um, I just think that a lot of our programs, you know, are not really that competitive in the MEAC except for track, you know, track and field. Oh, big South. Yeah, well, yeah, we won track, you know, sprinting and all that. Yeah, but, you know, softball, volleyball, you know, I would say basketball to some extent, football, you know, and the rest of the other programs that we have, soccer too, you know, I think that, you know, we're not as competitive, and I think it probably, to be honest, probably, I mean, I know they say that Hampton is probably maybe, like, top fourth in the conference in its athletic budget, but to me, I'm sorry, we probably need a little bit more, you know, not in the athletic budget, but something to give us a boost, because you just don't want to go into a conference and just be the, the beat-up dummy or the beat-up doll, so that, <laughs> They need to figure it out, you know, because even when we were in Hamptons Conference at when we were leaving, you know, we were competitive in basketball. You know, our volleyball team was okay. Softball, I would say, was kind of, you know, upper echelon, but we weren't winning. So now we're talking about uh, (laughs) we're talking about uh, not um, (laughs) now we're talking about upping in competition and you're still not winning. So, hey, I just kind of look at it as. Right now, we weren't even ready for it as a university or as an athletic department. So, of course, it's not a fit. And I think would it be more of a fit if we were winning? Yeah, we'll be happy. But I would I would say for the Big South, I think they probably if we had another program there that you know we felt you know that we could have a relationship with, I think it would be better. But at the same time. We can't leave it, you know. Where are we going to go? We're not going to tuck our tails in and go back to the MEAC, you know. Only those people would. Oh my God, we would never get the end of it. <laughs> no nah, man. So at this point in, we we made this bed, we got to sleep in it. And at the same time, though, you know, I would be thinking about uh, trying to build my own conference, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well said, man. I mean, we're, we're kind of stuck here, but. Um, there, I mean, uh, people are pretty upset about it. I'll say that much. Um, uh, just from casual conversation with Pirates fans, just going to my alumni uh, meetings. Um, I got elected as parliament of <laughs> one of our, our local meetings, and that came up. And it, people, the, it's like, oh, we ain't talking about we ain't talking about the Big South today. It, it's it's a thing. So uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> they got to get that on track. So, but you know, I, I'd imagine like I'm, you know, everybody knows from Jersey and Rutgers is now playing in the Big Ten conference. I think. I mean, that that's not a fit for them. You know, so I think people, you know, there's just a lot of realignment and, and sometimes it might take a while. <laughs> you know, yeah. It might yeah. take a while. But right now, yeah. it ain't, it, it, you know, it's 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 a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So any anything, it's second half expectations. I'm, I'm just hoping the team gets healthier, they make better decisions, and they beat either Monmouth or Kennesaw State. That That's that's my hope. Um. Well... I'm glad you hope, you know, because hope is a wish. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, definitely get healthy. You know, I would love to see Darren Butts back, you know, but I think he's he's really hurt. Um, Bell is hurt. Um, I think Dana is hurt. And, 
I think, you know, just by I think the recent article, a lot of people are hurt. So right now, look, this is what I'm hoping for. Win these next three games because they're all beatable. Uh, you, I mean, this game last year, uh, I mean, they, they put up 28 points on us and could have put up another 40, to be honest. And, you know, just beat this team, please. You know, don't let it be close like it was last year. And then you got Presbyterian coming up and Charleston Southern, all winnable games. Win these three. And the last two, we'll just say, okay, we ain't going to win those games. But that's just my outlook. I know those last two games are going to be difficult. But, honestly, we could do it, to be honest. Um, 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 Kennesaw State is really hurt. You know, they're really banged up. Hopefully they will still stay banged up. And <laughs> so at the end of the day, that would be a great win for us. But at this point, get healthy, win. As far as the better decisions, I don't know how you make a better decisions on the, the back end of that secondary. So I would say continue to blitz. Hopefully you get the quarterback and he'll just toss the ball up and we can get a pick. <laughs> <laughs> well said. True that. And I'm, I'm hopefully on offense too. Just be a little more prudent. Uh, with the with the offense, um, so yeah, we'll see. I, I think yeah, those next three games, uh, win those. Those are all winnable games. So, uh, Big South scoreboard. Anything interesting there? That really, uh, everybody won who's supposed to win. Um, Monmouth beat Gardner Webb pretty handily. Kennesaw State beat Presbyterian, who's shutting their program down. And Charleston Southern beat Northern Alabama. So. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Miak scoreboard, though, I think that has been more interesting this week, though. <laughs> uh, and, of course, the game that was most interesting was North Carolina A&T losing at Florida A&M 31-34. All kinds of stuff going on in that game, like pregame fights, halftime fights, players trying to fight. Uh, fans in the stands. I mean, it was pretty crazy. It was a great game, too. Well, not a great game. An entertaining game. But um, a lot of anger and angst in that game, which is what we need. We need some anger and angst, like a, a, a heated rivalry with somebody. Um, uh, other interesting part, man, Hampton, if you notice, like, now that Florida A&M is kind of good again, they've turned back into the worst fans you're ever going to meet. Um, so man, they're back on it. So it, <laughs> any thoughts on that game? Um, I'm going to say like this. It, I thought I watched the game. It was a very good game. Um, Florida A&M's coach, man, they re, he's really coached up that team. And, and you can see the difference between his, uh, between his program and Alex Woods program, you know, yeah. same players, but they really, they really been coached up well. Um, I think the situation with A&T, A&T just lost their cool. You know, they spent an extra day in uh, Tallahassee. And, you know, they for, for the effort they put out, you know, I thought it was, you know, well-deserved. But at the end of the day, I think their players lost their cool. And I don't blame them. I mean, I've been to Tallahassee before. I've been to Bragg Memorial. And, yeah, they are – they are a little bit suffocating when it comes to, <laughs> you know, that. So, I mean, my whole thing is with FAMU. Um, you don't, I mean, yes, you know, they will start bragging again. But Ryan Stanley about to be gone. You know, this is it for him. You know, you got you to start over next year. So, we haven't seen uh, their head coach with new players, you know. So, at the end of the day, you know, yeah, he's winning with Alex Woods players. And Woods was a great recruiter. So, I'm interested to see what happens next year and the year after next. So, I ain't going to say it for the A&M's back. I just think that he's just cherry-picking off of great players. As far as the other programs and the MEAC, uh, Norfolk State, you know, losing to Bethune-Cookman. I know a lot of people calling this a Latrell Scott farewell tour, you know. Be honest, man. They ain't going to get nobody better than him, no way. So they might as well just keep him there. Yep. Uh, Mary, Mary Mack beating Delaware State. I mean, Delaware State got the highest uh, athletic budget in the MEAC. <laughs> oh, I mean, oh, oh, Lord, you know, ugh. And Morgan State, you know, yeah, that that was you know, understandable. So nothing new in the MEAC. No, no, nothing new. So um, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, Florida AM, they can't uh, play in the postseason. So even if they went out, somebody's still going to represent in the Celebration Bowl other than You them, know so. what? 
I really, I mean, that kind of stinks because I really don't want to see A&T in the Celebration Bowl again. I'm sorry. I really wish I would love to see FAMU. I would do an appeal. I would say, NCAA, look, that wasn't even my program. How <laughs> much do y'all need for us so so we can at least play in the Celebration Bowl? I would rather see them play, you know, them play. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be all corn, you know, I don't, you know, in the Celebration Bowl. I, I mean, all corn into me and FAMU, I think that would be an excellent matchup. It would, but you know, NCAA, they always, if they get an opportunity to punish a small school, they're going to do it. So, well, fam, you, be- fam, you better roll out a check or something. Be like, look, we sorry. Here here you go. Let us play this game right quick. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, let- that'll be interesting to watch down the stretch. So, last but not least, man, on to homecoming. So, Hamptonite will be there in the flesh. I will be there in spirit. <laughs> um... We played Virginia University of Lynchburg last year. Uh, they were, we were only beating them twenty-eight to thirty at the half. Uh, I mean, really, if this game is played well, this game should be like, uh, uh, it, it should not be competitive. Um, so hopefully, they've learned their lesson from last year. Um, their <clears throat> website does not work. Um, so I tried to get some information on them, but I couldn't really get much because they're not a Division One program or two. I don't think, or even NAIA, so it's hard to get information on them, and their website didn't work. So, that being said, we should win. Um, I don't know what to say, man. They are a sham program, <laughs> and if you look them up online, they only have like how many students? They have like one hundred and eighty or something like that. Yeah, very few students, you know. So, so at the end of the day, last year. When they scored 28 points, you know, I think two were on, one was on a kick return and two were like, uh, two were like, uh, like these, like a long pass. And it was just, I was, I mean, I can understand the players, uh, you know, weren't really taking the game seriously, but we really played down to them last year. And if you look at they, I mean, I hate to talk about a program, but they had, they look like their uniforms look like pajamas to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were torn. It just looked bad. <laughs> it was to the point where, uh, <laughs> it was, I mean, to me, it was just, I just felt just watching that game like, I can't believe they don't, you know, it was 28-30 at the half. And to be honest, they should have they should have led the game at the half because they had a touchdown, which was called back, where, no, it wasn't called back. The player was celebrating at the, like, before he scored and you know he dropped the ball right in front of the touchdown and right in front of the um front of the uh the yard marker in the goal line and we recovered it i mean yeah so but at the end, end, end of the day you know that game to me it was to me it was like that was a discipline game which we really needed a lot of discipline but at the same time though this game I mean, if we don't blow them out by, I mean, you know what? To be honest, I don't even want to blow out. Just play, play, play how you need to play because we really need to win the next two. Yeah. So, get healthy, get the get the starters out early so they can chill. Get some younger guys some some uh, action in front of the homecoming crowd and 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 get out there with the W. That that should be the goal. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, man, enjoy the game. And um, <laughs> we'll be interested to see how the second half unfolds. And um, go Pirates. Go Pirates. Let's do this.